We now begin the second parak of Bab Metziah. This is the famous chapter of Elu Metzios. It deals with the topic of returning lost objects, the Mitzvah Hashavas Aveda, and it's famous because most of the time, children, when they start learning Gemara, this is the place that they start. Now, the Mitzvah Hashavas Aveda really is based on just a few psukim in Dvarim. I read the psukim. They say, Lo es shora chicha o es seo nidachim v'salamtamahem. You shall not see the ox or the sheep goat of your achich, of your brother, nidachim, wandering about, lost, v'salamta, and then you shall hide yourself from him. No. Hashev tashivim lachicha. Rather, you shall return them. So they return them to your brother. So here, already in this Pasuk, that's the first three Pesukim that deal with it, you have both the Lo Saseh and the Mitzvah Saseh that are involved in Hashavah Saveda. The Lo Saseh, because it says you cannot see it and and pretend you didn't see it, guard your eyes, like turn your eyes away from it. And also, Hashev Tashivem, no, you must return it, that's Mitzvah Saseh, of returning it to Achicha, the person who lost it. Now the Pesukim go on to say, V'imlo karov Achicha elecha v'lo yadato, if the person to whom it belongs isn't nearby, or you don't know even whose it is, then you'll bring the found object into your house, and you'll keep it until um, your brother comes inquiring after it, and then you will return it to him. And that, the Gemara asks, of course, you won't be able to give it to him until he comes inquiring after it, so why do you have to mention the inquiring? So the Dorosh, the, the, um, the questioning, the Gemara learns is that you will actually, it's not that he inquires after you, but you rather you inquire after him, meaning you ask him questions to confirm it really is his by requesting him identify the object to confirm that it's really, it was really him who lost it. Okay, so that will be the beginning of this simonim issue of giving signs to confirm that it belonged to whoever's claiming it, it was lost it. V'chintase lachamoro, the same you shall do, says the third pasuk to his donkey, v'chintase lachamoro, the simlaso. You'll also do it for his like garment that get lost. And so shall you do for any lost object of your brother. So already, of course, not only in this passage do we have chamor and simla, the donkey and the article of clothing being mutar, extra. But now that the Mishnah had said um, anything that your brother loses, it even makes the previous psukim's mention of the shore and the seo, the shore and the set also to be extraneous, and therefore we'll have to drushes of all of these extra cases while we have to have them included. So the Mishnah finishes up by saying, Asher tovan mimenu matzasa, anything that you've, your brother has lost and you've found, lo sucha lehisalem, you can't pretend you didn't see it and hide away from it, rather you shall, the implication is, no, you have to deal with it. Now, um, Fine. So that's, those are the psukim. That's the basic mitzvah. Ase and los ase. So therefore, when one finds an object that belonged to a fellow Jew, he has to return it. And failing to do so is both the violation of a positive and negative commandment. And more than that, if a person um, finds a lost object that belongs to somebody else, and then he keeps it for himself, he be, he'll be violating a third isser of los sigzol, of the prohibition against stealing, because you've taken which something which isn't yours. Okay, so that's the basic gist of, of the psukim. Now, the basic underpinning of this whole parak is the following logic. So long as you're the owner of an object um, owns it, so it has to be returned to him. If he gives up hope of finding it, called Yeush, so that's the legal equivalent of him abandoning it, and now it's ownerless, so the person who finds it could keep it. 
So if the question is, I found something, can I keep it? The answer is, does it belong to somebody? And what determines whether it belongs to somebody is, did the person who used to own it give up hope of finding it and therefore abandon it? Or the other case where you say, yes, he intentionally abandoned it. It was a Vedamidas, he gave it away, he dumped it on purpose. Then you could keep it. So now how are you supposed to know whether the person decided to give up hope of finding it and abandon it or not? So the assumption is that if it has a siman, if it has an identifying feature, which would enable the person who lost it to spread the word around town, I lost my whatever it is, have you seen it? It has, and so-and-so, he could identify it. So then, if that's the case, it has some siman, some identifying features, then the person who lost it won't give up hope quickly of finding it, and therefore, when the person who does find it, you'll have to assume that the person who lost it still uh, intends on, on claiming it, and therefore, the person who finds it can't keep it. He has the mitzvah of doing hashava saveda. If there's no simon on it, if there's no identifying feature, so then there's no way that the person who lost it could get it back, and therefore he um, abandons hope promptly of finding it, and therefore it becomes orderless, and therefore the one who finds it can keep it. So if the person who finds it knows for a fact that the person who lost it has given up hope, like for example, you know, you're standing at the edge of a boat, and uh, some guy drops his wallet overboard, and he says, oh, bye-bye, wallet, I'll never see you again. So then... Now, he's abandoned hope of getting it back. You could just quickly jump on, you, you know, put on your scuba diving equipment, go down there, get the wallet, and then keep it for yourself. Even though you know who lost it, but since he gave up hope, he was mafkri, he abandoned ownership of it, relinquished ownership of it, and therefore you have no mitzvah to give it back to him. Okay? But if you don't know whether he has or hasn't given up hope, so then you have to assume he hasn't, and you have to give it back to him, or try to find him doing the mitzvah hashava saveda. Now, uh, one major, like I'll call it lambdas, that comes up in the very beginning of this, of this chapter and it, it pervades it is, what happens if a person certainly would give up hope the moment he knows he lost it, but he simply doesn't know he lost it yet? Is that considered to be abandoned or not? And the, the fancy, the jargon for that is Aveda Shlomi Das, a person who lost him but doesn't know if he lost it yet. So it, do we say that Yeush Shlomi Das Hevi Yeush? Do we say that one who like would certainly abandon hope of getting it back as soon as he knows he lost it. That's as if he lost it already. Excuse me, that's as if he was miyaesh. He gave up hope already and you can keep it. Or no, do we say that yeush lomidas loha v'yeush doesn't count and therefore until the person knows for sure he lost it, he hasn't been able to give up hope of finding it and therefore it still belongs to him and therefore if you find it, you have to give it back to him. And since you really never will know that, what if he's under normal circumstances, if he... um you know, if he knows he lost it or not. So therefore, you'll have to assume that he hasn't given up hope, and therefore you'll have to assume that you have an obligation to get it back to him. Now, that machlokas, whether Yehosh Lomidas have a Yehosh or not, is a machlokas in Rava and Abaye. Rava holds that it is Yehosh, so meaning it's already, if he loses it, even if he didn't know yet, you can keep it. If it's the kind of thing you would give up hope of finding it as soon as you lo- he lost it, he knows he lost it. Um... Or, and Abaya says, no, lo it's not good enough until he actually knows he lost it, you can't keep it. The Lacha, basically throughout Kult or Akula, is like Rava, not Abai, but there are six exceptions, and this is one of those exceptions, one of the, what are called the Ya'al Kagam, that's the mnemonic for it, um, where the Lacha goes like Abai. And therefore, we say that if something has been lost, but the person who lost it doesn't know he lost it yet, even if, as soon as he finds out, he'll for sure give up hope, if he hasn't given up hope yet, you can't keep it. If you pick it up, it belongs to him, and you must give it back to him. And even if he subsequently, you know, discovers he lost it and gives up hope, since you acquired it while it was his, you still have to get it back to him.
Okay, that's how the that's the din lalacha. Okay, so with that in mind, we'll start the we'll start the first uh, mishnah here. It says elu mitzilas shalov elu Which are the kind of things you find that you have to, that you're allowed to keep, and which are those things which you're obligated to be machriz to announce you found them in search of the owner, so you can do the mitzvah hashavah saveda. So. The mission then says, The following you can keep, meaning the rest of this mission will discuss the kinds of things you're allowed to keep, whereas the Mishnah base will ta- discuss the things that you are obligated to announce um, to find their rightful owner. So these you can keep. If you find scattered produce. Since it's scattered, that means someone dropped it. They didn't put it down. If they dropped it, they don't know they dropped it, and therefore they're not coming back to get it. It's just peros. Peros is produce, you know, all wheat where apples kind of look the same, and therefore there's no simon in it, so therefore you won't be able to get it back, therefore you can keep it. Now, ma'os, so I'll go on for now, ma'os mufuzaros, same goes for scattered coins, again, no one put it down there, it's been dropped, and uh, and he'll he's lost it now, so you can keep it. If you'll ask, wait a second, we said the halacha is like a bay. how does a bay know that the person lost his money, let's say. You know, maybe he, he dropped it but doesn't know that he lost it, so how can you keep it? So with each of these cases, a buyer will have to say, these are there's a reason why you can safely assume that the person who lost it already knows and he's already given up hope. So in the case over here, for example, this is the textbook case, when it comes to money, uh, a buyer says, listen, people constantly check their pockets to make sure they know how much money's in their pockets. They're like sort of always touching their pockets, making sure that they've got what they're supposed to have, checking their money. And therefore, if the money gets lost, they'll know very quickly. So therefore, you can assume that the person's already long since discovery lost his money. And since it fell somewhere, he doesn't know where, and it's money scattered around, no simon, for sure he's not going to intend to get it back, and therefore you can keep it when you find it. And something like that will have to be applicable for all the cases of our Mishnah, according to Abai and the Halacha, meaning these are things that are either valuable so you're checking all the time, or they're very heavy, so secondly, they drop you know that you dropped them, and so on. Says the Mishnah further, Krichos Bershus Harabim, if you have little sheaves, like bundles of, let's say, wheat, um, that are lying in the Rishus Harabim. So the Bartanura says, Vafilo Hayaben Simon, even if they have some identifying feature, still, that's not good enough, you can keep them. Um, this is because, since it fell in the Rishus Harabim, the assumption is that the person who lost them will think, listen, it's it's been, even if I put it down a particular place, I know where it was, it's been moved since then, so I have no identifying location for it. And, you know, probably the, the whatever it was, the simon, you know, I tied it with like a, a, a green bow tie or something, has been like come off it, you know, it's been scattered because it's in Rosh Hashanah with this traffic and so on, and therefore the person abandons it. It's actually machlokus, this is, that point is a machlokus um, between Rav and Rav, but that's how the Barthes we'll stay with that for now. Vigule Devela. Same goes if you have if you find a pressed fig cake. The idea is in the time of the Mishnah, they stored figs. You may have seen this already in even in present times. They kind of dried figs and smushed them into like a mold, and the mold was sort of a standard mold. It was like a standard kind of like brick of figs smushed together, dried figs, and then they kind of cut off pieces with a knife and so on. The point is that since it's a standard shape and size and looks like every other pressed fig cake, if the guy lost it, he'll assume that he's never getting it back because there's no simon. Kikar shall them. Same goes with bread that comes from the bakery. Since all the baker's breads look identical, there's no reason to assume you can find it again because there's no simon. Machroza shall dagim. Also, we have like fish strung on a on a rope. Here, the assumption is the fish are all strung in a standard way, without any identifying features, and a standard amount. Like everyone strings, you know, five fish per rope. And therefore, since it's a standard way of doing things, nothing idiosyncratic with the fish you found, and therefore there's no simon. Vachaticho shall basar, pieces of meat. Again, this is assuming in the Stalacha that the particular cut is not relevant, so this is just, you know, chunks of meat. 
No identifying feature, no simon, therefore it's lost, you can keep it. Vigizet semer habas medina san. Same goes if you have wool that's been shorn from sheep, that's been shorn in like the standard way to do in that that time and place. So since standard, it's done in a standard way, there's no simon because nothing unusual about it. Vanitze fishtan. Same goes if you're talking here about like bundles of uh, stalks of flax that haven't been spun. Again, nothing, it's standard and standard way of doing things, no simon. Ulashono shal argamon. Uh, these are like, um, if you take wool and you comb it uh, out, so it becomes kind of like um, an amorphous, but kind of long, um, thin thing of wool. The thing is called the lashon, which means a tongue, because it's kind of tongue-shaped. Okay? The point is, um, even though this wool has been now dyed with argamon, which is a purple dye, which is very expensive, this is like the standard way in which the unprocessed wool looks. It's like in a lashon, that kind of shape. And therefore, there's lots of lashon and argamon that all look the same. Um, and even though it's a good of, and there are plenty of lashon and argamon floating around, and therefore that's not considered to be a, a simon. All those things, the person who lost it, um, will give up hope promptly that he knows he lost it right away because it's valuable or heavy, and therefore the person who finds it can keep it. Div Rebmer, that's Rebmer Shita. And that's going to be the din. Rebuta is going to argue the one point. Rebmer, kol shiishbo shinui chayb lahachris. He says, if there is something unusual in the, these things you just listed, um, and we'll see this is a, this is a shinui that came um, like on accident, I'll call it, so then you have to announce it. Like, for example, Ketzad, matza igul besocha cheres. You find this fig cake, and inside the fig cake there's a, a shard of of clay, like broken broken clay. Um, or kikar, you find a loaf of bread, a standard baker's loaf of bread, uvasochomos, but inside it is a coin. The point is, obviously, this is the only bread in town with a coin or fig cake with a piece of clay, so that would be a simon. The thing is, though, presumably, says Rabbi Yehuda, um, sorry, Rabbi Meir, who disagrees, say presumably, the person who lost his loaf didn't know there's a coin inside. He didn't know there was clay inside his fig cake or he wouldn't put it in there. So since this is an accident, he doesn't know it's there. So even though that would be a simon, if he would know, it's safe to assume he doesn't know, and therefore he can't claim it as a simon, so you can keep it, says Reb Meir. But Reb Huda says no. He says even if it's an accident, you have to assume that maybe he did know, and therefore he'll be able to claim it, therefore you have to announce it and can't keep it for yourself. So this is Mechlokos Reb Meir, Reb Huda, channels all the way down. Um, according to the Shulchan Aruch, he goes uh, that you, that you, um, you have to... You can't keep it. You have to announce it. Um, so that would be like uh, Rabbi Yehuda. But the, but the uh, Ramah is lenient and says you can keep it. That would be like Rabbi Meir. Okay, the last part of the Mishnah says um, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer Kol Kliam Puriya Ein Any new, never used utensil, you... Um, do not have to announce that you found it. So the thought here, this really you have to understand a bit of background, first of all is that um, a typical kli, most utensils, they have some kind of simon because they're handmade things typically, and they get used, and there's all, like a piece got chipped, there's a mark, a person writes their na- name on it, or, you know, when it comes off of the, the artisan's work table, they're not all exactly the same, so a person recognizes this is his, so even though they kind of all look the same, but they're not exactly the same, you know, all you have to do is go to... So, there's a din that um, if it hasn't got an identifying feature specifically that a person can speak out, he can't claim it back. But there's a separate din that we trust someone who reaches a certain madrig of Talmud Chacham that he is believed to have a 
to recognize his stuff. And he claims he recognizes his thing, even though we can't tell you ahead of time specifically how he's recognizing it, like what it is that's different. So we can't speak out the identifying feature ahead of time. But if he says he knows it's his, we believe him. Exactly who, if anyone today, reaches that status of believability, of as Tamukhachim, that's a question. Um, but the mission is assuming here there is such a thing. Okay? So we're talking about, you know, if you go to the Mir Yeshiva, there's like a thousand black hats all the same on the shelf, but everyone knows which is their hat because they know which their hat is. You recognize your hat. You have a Tzviya sign in it. You, 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 you recognize your hat, even though you can't necessarily say what it is which makes it different necessarily. But you know. So the person who's a Tamachachim, we believe. So that's a din. Um, but notwithstanding that, says Rabbi Shimon Lazar, if the thing you found looks like Kli Anpuria, which is like a notricon, it means like it's a shorthand a portmanteau, a, like a four Ain poraya. There's nothing special about it. In other words, this looks like a brand new utensil. And therefore, even if it belonged to a tamachacham, it's like fresh out of the box. And he, even if he would recognize his hat in the future, right now it looks like every other hat because it's still unused or, you know, basically looks unused. Therefore, says Ebrib Shimon Lazar, even if you find it in a place where there are tamachacham, you find it right outside the front door of the, the big yeshiva, still it's a brand new item like a hat. How will anybody know it's his, or it's safer than how they know it's his, and therefore you can keep it without announcing it. However, um, he's arguing with the other shitas who hold that, um, in any case, if you find in a place where Tomei Chum around that reach this level of believability, then you'd have to announce it anyways. The halacha is like Rabbi Shimon Lazar, so when it comes to brand new items um, that don't have a sense to be any similar whatsoever, so there you can keep them, even if you find them in a location where there are of the stature that um, would otherwise be believed to say that they recognize their object.